What's up, everybody? This is Mind Your Money with Miss Be Helpful, a show that highlights people and stories that will inspire you to get your money right. And it is June, and that means everybody out here graduating, college graduation, even younger than that, high school graduation. And it's a really transformational time for a lot of people. It's a transitional time. They're transforming their life. They're transitioning from one chapter to the next. And I really wanted to talk about that on the show. And the perfect way to do it was to talk to somebody who's going through that and also somebody that knows me really well that I know really well, which is my very own baby niece. <laughs> Her name is Daniela. Welcome to the show, Daniela. Thank you for having me. How I really are you, appreciate boo? it. I'm good. I'm good. I'm very excited to be here. I appreciate you coming on the show because it's kind of weird, right? It's like, I mean, for those of you out there listening, you hear me call her Daniela, but I call her Nana, actually. So I'll probably be saying Daniela sometimes and then saying Nana other times. Um, that's our family nickname for Daniela ever since she was a baby. And also, I feel like it's kind of weird because I have never had anybody from our big ass family on the podcast. Like there's so many of us. I haven't had anybody even on my YouTube channel, honestly, like the family has always just been like, oh, Janelle does her own thing with her, you know, YouTube and her podcast. So this is a really cool thing for me because it kind of like bridging and like connecting the two worlds, like me and the work that I do and then my family, which is you. So, um, okay, so let's just kind of jump into a little bit of like who you are, what you're all about, like how old are you, where do you live, like all the things besides the fact that you're my niece um, and that I'm your tia. Like what else uh, should people know about you before we start talking? Okay, my name is Daniela Duran. I am a high school senior. I'm graduating. Um, I am going to be attending U Albany. Um, and yeah, I'm very excited about that. University of Albany is a SUNY school, state of University of New York, and it is um, it's going to be an awesome time for you. I, I remember like transitioning to college, leaving New York City and being like, oh my God, like now I'm on my own and I have to figure everything out. Like, and you are very independent, I think for a teenager. So I don't feel like it's going to be that much of like a crazy change, but just not having everybody around you all the time that you're so used to and the routines and breakfast and, you know, these little things about your life are going to be so different. So definitely. just, it's an exciting thing though. Like definitely yeah. going to be a little, a little stomach, like, a little bit like butterflies in the stomach at first as everything changes, but you'll you'll settle in and get used to your new normal really fast. I'm more excited than and then scared, to be honest. I'm already thinking of like all the different ways I can like work <laughs> yeah. on campus. Look at this. She gets straight to the money. That's how you know she's yep. my niece. <laughs> yep. I love Absolutely. that. Oh, I'd love it. That's so dope. All right, boo. So let's jump into the two um, questions that I usually start the show with. With the first one is the biggest money regret that you have to this day. I mean, you don't, you don't have a lot of money experiences, obviously, because you're still a teenager, but like, even when I was a teenager, I was spending a lot of money on things and I was being a little too ratchet. So if I could actually be <laughs> honest about all the things that I bought, what is like the biggest one, or in your case, what was the, the biggest regret that you have that you could just wish you could go back in time and take that money back? What would it be? Okay, I have two things. So uh, you, me and you went to the same high school. We both went to LaGuardia High School in the city. Hey, meaning, LAG. Hey. <laughs> meaning that, you know, everything around us is not very cheap, right? So, you know, there's Starbucks in every corner. The only cheap food around would be like McDonald's, every right. fast food place, right? right? So I think that if I were to go back in time freshman year, instead of trying to like assimilate and like mix with people and and make friends by going to like cafes, like let's go to the park instead. You know what I mean? Right. So I think right. I spent a lot of money purchasing bubble tea, purchasing fries at McDonald's, like, you know, meals and all that stuff, even for people when I didn't have the money at all. 
Um, I know I was fortunate enough to get $20 from my mom a week. And if I spent, let's say a Starbucks a day, that was $5 a day. By the mm-hmm. Friday, I didn't have money, you know? So right. that would cause me to ask my friends or my friends would pay for me, meaning I was slowly getting in quote unquote teenage debt, <laughs> right. Right. you know, like feeling obligated to re- repay these people or, or uh, take the step the first step and like pay for them sometimes even though obviously I did not have the money to do so so that would definitely be the first thing that I would regret and then the second thing would be like maybe like I went to two Beyonce concerts I could have been fine going to just one I had the experience I was fine (laughs) I didn't need to spend another three hundred dollars on you know the second one you know but uh yeah if anything it'd be those two things yeah and you know what's so crazy about well both of those things one is I definitely remember like leaving school Cause we went to this high school that we went to is on, or that Daniela is also still at right now, LaGuardia It's located in Midtown Manhattan. So anybody that's not from New York city, that is the heart of Manhattan. And it is very, very expensive to be there. Like we're talking about, you know, very super wealthy people can afford to have homes there, you know, to be, to have a residence there. And also just so many, um, high-end businesses that's where Juilliard is that's where Lincoln Center is so it's very touristy too like in a lot of ways um so yeah there's just a lot of stuff and it's changed so much since when I was there but I just could imagine now even more opportunities to spend money and more temptations to spend money like Daniela one time you took me to um what was that thing Nana where we went to like under the train and there were like under there was like a food court right yes I was just about to tell you that that was not there when I was there it's on 59th street. There's like a bunch of little boutiques and I would literally go shopping, like window shopping, obviously not having anything, but you know, just going with friends just to be cool, you know? And I know you had the same experience. Um, (laughs) it's not even, it's too, it's not even to be cool all the time. It's also sometimes just to pass the time. Like you legit sometimes leave school and you're like, oh yeah, I don't want to go like straight home. And, you know, unless you have a job that maybe it starts right away after school, or if you have after school programs, something extracurricular sports or something that you're doing, if you don't have those things, then you end up just passing the time. And often you end up spending money to pass the time, whether that's like hanging out, hopping on the train to go somewhere else. You know, in New York city, you get the Metro card first through the school, but you only get a certain number of swipes. I think it's three, right? Three then you get three. So you could go to school, go one place and then go home. So, and if you're hopping on the train a lot, like you're going to have to come out of pocket for those swipes. So everything kind of adds up like that. Um, and then about the Beyonce concert, like that was my, you know, I love Beyonce, but my whole life, I feel like concerts have been such a big thing. Like, especially as a thing that you do, like all the sisters wanted to go do the concert one time. I think it was Shakira and Beyonce. And I was like, you know what? To me, I just feel like if I'm going to be in the front row, maybe it would be worth $300. But you know you don't pay $300 to be in the front row. The, the front row tickets be like a thousand plus dollars. Yeah, totally. So I, I, ne- I chose to just, in my mind, I just wrote off concerts as like, concerts is the one thing that's like easy co- for me to say no to because I personally could just look at Snapchat and look at Instagram and see the yeah. close up. Like, I don't need to be there jumping up and down with a bunch of sweaty strangers just to say I sang along to Beyonce when she was like 1700 feet away. Like, I listen, I'm good. <laughs> Me personally, I'm good. The worst but, part, I did the same thing. I went to an Ariana Grande concert for, I don't even know, my birthday or some type of yeah. occasion. And she ended up recording it and putting on on Netflix. Hello. <laughs> And Beyonce did the same thing. Beyonce did the same thing with the um, Coachella concert, right? So like, 
I don't know. Like, I feel like these things are just things that you do to show off on social media that you're there and you end up later on being like, dang, if I would have saved that money, you know, I would have had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of dollars over the course of like, you know, a couple of years adding up all those concerts. But, you know, every, to everybody, to each, to each her own. Some people feel like that is valuable for them. It brings them joy. And I feel like if that's you, great budget for a concert every now and then. But like every concert all the time, every occasion, you're going to be broke real quick. Yeah. Um, okay, so now let's flip it to the other side. What is a time where you had like a money moment that you're actually proud of? Like you like, you kind of want to brag about it because it's like, that was, I would do that again because that was a smart money move and I'm not, I don't, I don't think I'll ever regret it. So I think that's the reason why I'm here actually, because hey. I think my money moment would be opening a Roth IRA. Opening a Roth IRA at 17 years old, I think that's an accomplishment in itself. A lot of people can, you know, obviously not say that they've done that. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe even saving so much at my age as well. Um, I think it's a huge accomplishment and something I'm very proud of. Yes, definitely. And you should be. Um, so Daniela's not 18 yet. She just said she's 17. So we opened the custodial Roth IRA for her. If you're 18 years old, you can open it on your own. But if you're under 18, if you're still considered a minor, then you need a custodian. Uh, but Nana knows she had a custodian waiting for her for years and years and years. All she needs to do is ask me. I was like waiting for somebody to ask me to be the custodian. Talk about why. Why did you decide to start investing? Because you're about to go to college. You could just use that money in cash and use it to pay for all the things. And, you know, clothes, shoes, books, hanging out. Like you came to me and said, yeah, I want to. I want you to help me open a Roth IRA, you know? And so what made you make that, that decision? Well, it all started off with uh, one question. I, I came to you and I was like, hey, I am in a very fortunate position for someone my age. I have this amount of money saved up. What would you do if you were my age with this amount of money? And mm -hmm. you right away, right away, it was the Roth IRA. And I was yeah. like, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> what's yeah, that? yeah. Uh, what's next? What, like, how do I start? And uh, yeah, I think we did that together in like, like three days, it was like a three day process. And we, you know, filled out the information and yeah, I wouldn't regret it. I wouldn't take it back. Um, even if it meant that I had to give you like a chunk of my money, like, you know, um, but I definitely think that I put into consideration, you know, having done all the money calculation for how I'm gonna pay for college, how much debt I'm gonna be, uh, how, many, how many student loans I'm gonna have to take out which student loans I'm going to take out, how much money do I need for my little savings to put towards that. So I did all that math beforehand. And I think that that was very helpful um, in terms of asking you like, what's next? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay. So talk about like, what was the process? What did we do? And what were the problems that we faced? Cause we started and we were like, Oh, let's do this. Let's do that. Oh, we can't do that. We can't do that. Like we, we kind of hit some bumps and we had to like make a strategic decision. And there were also some like calculations that we had to do because there were rules about how much you could put in. And we had to like, there was, it was a little bit of a, like a, a little bit of a process up front. But then once we got started, we chose the account or the brokerage uh, firm where we chose to open the account opening the Roth IRA account was actually easy. It was just a matter of like doing a few kind of decisions that needed to be made before we go online. So talk about that. Do you remember like all the different things and, um, or what do you remember like that were the hiccups that came up? The first one was definitely finding uh, a custodial Roth IRA, yes. um, finding which uh, broker and which bank does that and offers that for yep. us. Um, I think the second one would be figuring out how much I was able to invest 
there's a uh, the maximum of six thousand, but we it was dependent on like how much I earned in that year. So we had to like do some math and figure out. Okay, I started working at this time. These are my statements, my uh, deposit statements, and doing that math so we can uh, do that. Um, right. Yeah, the thing about what Nana's saying too, which I think is really important for people to realize, is you could put a maximum of $6,000 for 2020 and 2021. You're exactly right. But if you didn't earn $6,000 in earnings um, through earned income in that year, then you can't put that. Because they're going to be like, where you got this money from? You filed your taxes and it says you made $2,000 last year. So how did you come up with $6,000? Where did you get, what did you do to get that other $4,000? Like, it just seems sketchy to the IRS. It's going to flag it with the IRS. So it's not allowed for you to put more than you earned if you earned less than $6,000. So whatever you, whatever is, um, if you earned more than $6,000, then you can only put $6,000. But if you earned less than $6,000, then you can only put the amount you earned. So we had to like pull out your statements to calculate how much did you actually earn in 2020 before we put an amount inside of your 2020 custodial Roth IRA. So that's true, definitely. Um, okay, cool, what else? And then I think the last thing would be after we figured out which bank, uh, sorry, which broker we were gonna go with, uh, then we had to decide what are we gonna invest in? So I know we chose Fidelity because they had a custodial account and they didn't uh, have any fees, I believe anything like that. And then, uh, Oh, the other reason we chose Fidelity too, because, and by the way, this episode is not sponsored by Fidelity at all. It should be, but it's not. Um, but what the reason too, is because we're looking at other brokerages and robo advisors. Many of them did not offer custodial route rate, like you said, and the ones that did, you actually had to fill out paperwork and mail it to them, to the brokerage. And I was like, what the, is it 1998? Why we got to do all that? Like we can do this online. And so then we just kept looking and the best bet to be able to do it quickly online, like one day the next was Fidelity. So we just did it right on their website. We just sat down, we're like, boop, 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 Daniela, da, 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 custodian is going to be, Janelle is boop, boop, boop. We just put all the information and we waited a couple of days. They emailed um, both of us and boom, the account was set up. So once we did that, I was like, okay, great. Now you have to, uh, decide what to invest in. And I was telling you like, girl, if you invest in individual stocks, it's, it's very risky because any one of those companies could, could go under. And we assume all these big companies are going to do well, but why take that risk when you can actually invest in a fund that has all of these high-performing successful companies in one bundle? Like why not just do that? And so we were looking at different, um, different index funds and Fidelity has zero cost index funds, which is, I think Fidelity is the only one right now that does this, where there's actually a 0.00% expense ratio, which means you do not pay an annual management, um, management operational or marketing um, expense fee. You don't have to pay for that at all. So I was like, girl, yeah, we need to get one of those zero cost index funds. Um, so we looked at the S&P 500 Fidelity Index Fund and the total stock market Fidelity Index Fund. And I don't remember which one you picked. Do you remember if it was S&P 500 or Vanguard? It was both. Oh, sorry. Now Vanguard, total stock market. We did. 50, oh, yeah, 50. we chose both. Okay, yeah. So we just put 50-50. We're like, you know what? Hey, let's just do them both. Um, and if you want to change it, you can always change it. You can always go back in and say, you know what? I just want to move it to all to be the S&P 500. Or I just want to move it all to be total stock market. Like you can... You can make that change anytime. Just go in online, click, 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 boom, submit, change is done. So yeah, so now you're all set. You got your Fidelity custodial Roth IRA and you're investing in two different index funds, total stock market and S&P 500. I need to drop like a sound effect, like burr, 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 burr. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so that's like pretty much your, yeah, like your, your investing journey, how it happened. And now you're like, all right, next step for me is to, 
work, 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 work in college, right? And obviously, I don't want you to compromise your academic success. Like you're really bright and you're going to do really well in school, but you're, you're there to study. So classes always obviously come first and work comes second. Um, but obviously, if you, you know, if you can work a lot while you're there, do it. And, um, you know, now, you know, for 2021 custodial Roth IRA, actually, it's no longer going to be custodial because you're going to turn 18. And once you turn 18, I'm no longer a custodian on the account and you become the sole um, owner of the account. And you have all you're the only one with access and rights to to put money in. So once that happens, when you turn 18, you can add another $6,000 in 2021, but it depends on if you earn $6,000 at least. If you make $3,000 or $4,000, you can put half of that or just put $2,000, whatever. You can just do whatever you want, but know that you your goal could be like to max it out if you can, which would be amazing. But that means that you have to put $500 every month, which is, yeah. I know, that's kind of hard for a college kid. So that's not something you should you know stress about. Definitely. So I wanted you to talk about like, what was it like growing up with your mom and your dad and your dad is an entrepreneur business owner at least and having you know being in a point where obviously it wasn't as challenging as my upbringing but you know obviously there were still things like couldn't just get everything you wanted all the time yeah, um, so yeah take us back any early money memories or money stories that you remember um I yes actually you just brought back something I used to like every time I would make money for like birthdays or whatever like graduation like kindergarten whatever the situation was I would always give it to mom and I would have her hold it. I don't know what she does with the money or what she did with the money. I don't know how much I have in her little bank account that I negotiated with her. But um, I remember using uh, like doing that. So I think that would be one thing. But to add on to, you know, my mom being a, I guess me being the first generation, you know, she came here when she was nine months. So I think it's a very, very different story compared to, you know, someone who's come here, like my father who came here and he was like 11 years old you know, and having to learn a new language and uh, having a thick accent. And again, starting from scratch, being yes. an entrepreneur from scratch. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, I'm very fortunate to, uh, you know, have taken little bits and pieces of advice from you, from all my other aunts and uncles and everybody else in the family, which I definitely think you should get, grab stories from as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, we'll, I we'll think, do that. We'll yeah, do a family I, series. Definitely. I think that uh, it all it all helped me in one way or another. And um, I'm very grateful for it. Yeah. And talk about like, how how are your parents different? Because I feel like I get a sense that your mom is a lot more traditional with like her approach to work and earning income. And your dad is a bit more of the risk taker, like with the business and everything. But maybe I don't know, I didn't grow up with them as parents. Maybe they put a different example for like how they are with money and money decisions. Maybe your dad is actually a little bit more like strict with money and your mom's a little bit more loose. I don't know. I just, I feel like I had that impression, but am I right? Or am I wrong about your mom being a little bit more conservative and traditional and your dad being a bit more of the person that's willing to take more risks with money? Honestly, I don't think I can answer that just because I feel like every time like it came to paying bills or talking about money, they kind of kept it to themselves. When we were like, when I was around, they would kind of like whisper, like talk about it. Like they didn't, they never wanted me or Denise to worry, which was yeah. an awesome thing. But I think that it kind of sheltered me in terms of like what to do with my money and stuff like that. And, you know, so you, you came in a perfect time, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, must be helpful. So yeah, I think that uh, in terms of my parents, I, they're very, very different, but um, they do everything together. Everything's joint. Everything, every decision they make is very 
correlated. And, and I think that's something that they made very clear to me. Yeah, I do get that sense too, that your parents, they don't operate separately. They operate as one. Yeah. But um, I guess I meant more like if you went to your parent, if you went to your mom and asked for money, would she give you a hard time? Or would she be like, yeah, here you go. Go buy papitas, go buy Snickers, whatever, Skittles, M&Ms. If you ask your dad for money, he'd be more like, oh no. Or would he give it to you? Like, were they, or would they go and have a conversation? Like Daniela wants money for papitas. Are you going to give it to her? Should I give it to her? Did you say yes or no? Like, cause I, maybe that's what they did. Like they always talked about everything first. I don't know. Yeah. I think maybe dad is a little bit more uptight <laughs> when it comes to giving us money but oh you know what we would do we would have uh kenneth my bit my the littlest my little brother um go ask for money and so that we can all splurge on like getting like a pizza or something so we would take advantage of that um since they don't come that often or every time they was like oh or doing like the laundry when there was coins i would take it <laughs> Yo, you out oh, here just scamming, yeah. scamming, <laughs> finding money everywhere. <laughs> yeah, so those are those are little things that I think my parents contributed to. But other than that, I don't think there was ever a moment of me really asking, especially since I had that little quote unquote mommy bank account that I gave her money, you know. So she never really questioned whether or not she should give it to me because she knew that I, you know. So. did save right she helped exactly. she worked out a plan with you to help you learn to save which exactly. is great uh, I don't know that a lot of parents do do that my parents never did that and I well then again I wasn't really making an allowance or earning money until I was much older um I did work in high school but it was like pfft, barely like it was like I think minimum wage back then was probably like six or seven dollars I don't even remember but um but yeah it's, it's just interesting to think about you know how how those uh, experiences, how we frame them in our mind. And I love that you said that like, you know, the way that your parents functioned, they wanted to keep you guys out of the financials so that you wouldn't worry. Because I think a lot of people are gonna relate to that. So many parents, they don't actually bring their kids in to talk about like the grocery budget or like the paying the bills or anything because they just feel like kids should be kids. We don't want them to kind of feel stressed or the burden. Um, but at some point, you know, you get to the, the to the point in your life where you have to learn the hard way. So it, there's like a there's like a fine line that I think as a parent, it's going to be really hard for a lot of people now to like navigate because there's so much information online. It's almost as if if you don't tell them, they're going to find out online anyway. So it's kind of better to involve them. But at what age, I think is, a, is the question a lot of parents kind of struggle with. Like, what's, is it too young or what's just right and what's too late? Like that, I think is a, more of a personal choice. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people would definitely agree with what you said about parents not wanting their kids to worry or to stress about money too early. Okay, let's fast forward a little bit. What is your life like now as, as it uh, relates to money? Like you've been working, you have a couple thousand dollars saved up. You have a lot of money saved because when I was your age, I did not have that much money. Um, so tell us about like working to earn money. Where did, when did it just click for you that like, all right, I need to stop hanging out at the little shops, boutiques on 59th after school and I need to start working and making some money. Like what was that moment for you? And then what did you do about it? I think it was like halfway through my freshman year. I would go, like I said, every day after school, before school, get something. I would get pizza at 6 a.m. So yeah, yeah, I know. Who does that? I, I think it was also like, you know, me. I was starting to gain a little bit of weight and, and you know, I started having like a, a secure quote unquote group of friends, um, you know, so I felt like not, I didn't feel the need to go and do all these things that involve money. So I started saving. So even if it meant that I, you know, only went out to get food or drinks three times a week, I would be saving 
$5, right? And that would roll over for the next week and roll over for the next week and continue going on like that. And I think that that's when it all started. And then um, that summer I started my first job working as uh, summer youth employment, um, nice. same thing. So that was like a, a $700 in my pocket that I really didn't touch other than for the concert, <laughs> for that Beyonce Girl, that don't, that don't cut your money in half right there, that concert. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So uh, yeah, and then um, again, I would do the same thing. Mom would continue giving me that allowance. You know, she was putting into consideration that I was in the city and that it's not cheap and that, you know, I, unfortunately I had, I was in school from like, let's say eight to eight sometimes because I had rehearsals and I would be hungry, you know? So I would want to get a Chipotle bowl. I'd want to get, you know, a McDonald's meal, you know? But um, I started being a little bit more smart about that um, in terms of like, okay, it's Monday. Let me not splurge. Let me wait till Friday and see how much I have. And then I can splurge and we can go out and get sushi then or something like California rolls, whatever, something small. Um, and I think that's where my whole saving mentality kind of started. It wasn't, it wasn't about limiting myself, but more of just like being conscious and mindful. Yep. And a little bit of delayed gratification. Like it's all right. If you wait three, four days, geez, like yep. you're not going to die because you waited three days to get California rolls instead of getting them today. Like, I think that there's this culture of instant gratification and more with your generation than mine like millennials we we kind of started to feel it a little bit because we had social media like when it was like Facebook and you know that kind of thing but now there's so many more things than when we were your age like there's just no there was no Snapchat there was no TikTok there was no Instagram like those things came when we were already in college and after college so we didn't grow up with that in our teens and I think now as a result of that being a teenager today means like you basically want what you want when you want it like you feel like if you see it on Instagram you're like, oh I'm gonna buy that right now and it's just like oh that can really hurt your mentality when it comes to money because you feel like that's how things should always be like if you want to buy something you should be able to buy it whenever you want. And that's dangerous. I feel like that mentality is dangerous. So it's good that you started practicing a little bit of delayed gratification, even if it just was like in buying food instead of five times a week, twice a week, and then pushing it over to the end of the week. Like just little things like that can actually start to change the way you your mindset is about how you spend money and when you get things that you want. Because that's hard. I think it's hard to do, but you started early, so that's good. Absolutely. And knowing what had happened freshman year and how much money I was spending um, and the debt I put myself in, quote unquote, teenage debt. <laughs> um, I started packing my own lunch and packing snacks and bringing water and, you know, like doing these things that my friends weren't doing and that they would laugh at me for because I'd have a little lunchbox, but I didn't care, you know? So uh, yeah, I think that helped me tremendously. Yeah, that's great. I'm so glad to hear that. I feel like th those are the small uh, behavioral changes that you got to make early. Otherwise, it's going to be really hard for you later to catch yourself and stop doing those behaviors because you're already in the habit, in those bad habits. So I'm um, glad that you started early. Now, uh, recently, you set a goal because you're about to go off to college. So you set like a money goal. What was your goal and why did you feel like you had to set a goal and really hit it before, hit, before even getting to your freshman year of college? So beginning of the year, starting January, I had a goal of reaching $10,000 in my in savings. I believe I had uh, at that time, maybe four, I believe. Um, and that was just because like I had a chunk of money sitting in my drawer. I opened a bank account and like I just deposited all in there. So I don't know how long it took me to save those three, $4,000, but that was what I had. That's what I started off with. And I started working um, uh, as a hostess in a restaurant. I was collecting tips. 
I would cash out my my tips and put them in my account. So that would all go there. Um, because I was working more, I wasn't going out as much. COVID, of course, we weren't going out as much again. Um, you know, so I spent my time working and then I got a new different job. So I was doing both at some point. And uh, from there, I hit I hit 10,000. And once I hit, once I got that second job, I was like, I think I can maybe push it for 15. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And so yes. that's where I'm at now. <laughs> that's where I'm aiming for now. How amazing um, is that? Yeah. Ugh, that's so amazing. I, yeah, I think COVID, you know, brought a lot of issues and, and problems in the world. But I think, you're, if, you know, with the right mindset, I, you know, I think you're capable of doing anything. And I used it to my advantage. The fact that I wasn't in school from eight to eight anymore. You know, I had a lot of more time. I only had two classes in the semester. I was a senior. I had so much free time. So I just took advantage and worked and saved. Yes. And do you know how many people took advantage and played more video games or yeah. took advantage and like hung out more on the stoop? Like the fact that you were like taking advantage the right way is just amazing because a lot of people your age, they just don't have that drive. They just want to chill. They just want to hang out. They just want to be young. They just want to, you know, do their thing. And it catches up to you when you realize I had so much free time. I could have done so much more. And instead I was just hanging out, wasting time. You know, I, I have those regrets about like how much time I wasted in college and how much time I wasted hanging out the summers. I could have been working. I could have been making so much more money. And, you know, and now I'm kind of making up for that lost time, making up for that wasted time. You won't have to do that. You will have so much, you'll be so much better off. Oh my God. Like I get chills thinking about the fact that you have like basically pretty much almost a thousand dollars for every year that you've been alive. That is amazing. Like if I had that when I like, Ooh, if I had that, oh my gosh, when I started college, that would have been amazing. All right. So let's talk about like just the college process, applying to college, paying for college. Has it been overwhelming to see like what it's going to cost? And especially at a time right now where everybody is talking about the student loan debt crisis. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Like, has that impacted your decision to go to college, which college you want to go to, to apply and how you handle the financial aid award letters and that comparing colleges like what has been going on in your mind in terms of applying and paying for college definitely I think uh the financial aid package was my big like yes or no factor of whether or not I was going to a school or not and so um once I got all my applications back I had like three major schools that like kind of gave me some money uh compared to the rest like you know SUNYs don't really give money so uh, from there, I took the next step to like reach out to the financial aid office, to reach out to the president, to reach out to the, peop the person who wrote my uh, uh, decision letter, asking for more money, saying, hey, me and my brother are entering college at the same year. Uh, for some schools, we even got into the same school. We both got accepted to Albany. We both got accepted to Scranton. So I put that into my mm -hmm. advantage, talking about how my father's a business owner with COVID mm -hmm. and Yes. how that was impacted. So that definitely helped me. Um, I was fortunate enough to get, uh, I think, uh, somewhere 48,000 from Scranton, which is really nothing because their tuition's like 60, 70. Um, right. Yeah. So uh, I would end up being, I would end up paying a SUNY price for a private education. But at the end of the day, um, I think Albany was my best choice. I ended up getting about five to 7,000, uh, bringing my tuition down to like 17K a year. Yeah. Um, I was also very fortunate enough to have my mom open up a, a 529. Yes. Uh, yeah. From, you know, when I was a baby and uh, 
yeah, I was in a much better position than like, let's say my sister, you know, my mom got pregnant at 16 with my sister and, and she did the same process, but she wasn't able to put, let's say a hundred dollars a month, you know, she was maybe only able to put 20 bucks a month or, you know, something, something small, but regardless, I think that that's definitely something that really helped us both. So um, yeah, when it came to getting my decisions and stuff like that, I put everything in a spreadsheet because we're all math fanatics in the family. <laughs> Y'all really um, are though. Like, <laughs> like not, Nana's mom is a math teacher, worked her way up, was a math teacher for many years, worked her way up to the assistant principal of the entire math department. And uh, like everybody, and then, you know, your dad owns a restaurant, math and numbers all the time. And then you girls are like the same way. Yeah. So yeah, definitely a math family. <laughs> I put together a spreadsheet and I put the acceptance rate, I put the graduation rates, I put every, every, everything numerical that I could add in there, I did. And then I decided from there and yeah, the, the make or break it. was definitely the money. Yeah. And I, I think, mm-hmm. I think that's real for so many people right now because, you know, college is going to be very different now from what it was before. I think people are going to be more wary of like the college life and like just doing whatever, going wherever all the time, being packed, being all these things. Like people might be a little bit more careful. And I feel like because of that, you have to kind of consider how is that how that might impact co- the college experience. It's not going to be just as free as willy nilly as everything as it used to be. People are going to be a little bit more cautious. And so it's important to think, okay, well, considering that, do I really want to pay, you know, all this, all this money? Um, and depending on what you want to study, you can probably get a really great and strong program, which is what you're doing by doing the honors college program and, and not have to pay like, you know, crazy, crazy, crazy amounts of money. Um, so congratulations on all your financial aid, all of your achievements on, you know, getting into a really awesome, you know, to, I think you, I didn't even remember when you sent me the video of all the college letters. I was like, geez, geez, I can't even count them, all the acceptances, which is amazing. And it just speaks to your hustle and it speaks to your grind, your passion for, you know, success. And obviously it's going to continue when you get off to college, but um, I just, yeah, I love it. I think that's why I wanted to share your story because I feel like other young people need to, wake up out here and listen to, you know, an example of like, you could have your ish together and also still be like 16, 17. You don't have, you you know, you don't have to use, oh, I'm 17. Don't use that as an example to be a mess. Like, oh, but I'm just 17. Like, so what? Do you know how powerful you can be at 17? Do you know how much you can accomplish at 17? Don't play yourself, you know? And so I just, I love that this example um, is going to be on a YouTube channel and on the podcast. Love it. Definitely. So tell us about your goals for working in college before we wrap up. What are you thinking? Um, you know, maybe like a work study, working at the library. I don't know. Uh, there's like a bunch of little restaurants in the food court, like a Starbucks, another little cafe. So uh, I did a college tour there. And um, oh, nice. I could do college tours. I could be the person. Yes, you'd <laughs> yeah. be so good at that. Yeah, you're so professional. <laughs> thank you and uh yeah so I think oh the funny thing is the person who did my college tour was in the honors college so mm. I asked her a ton of questions and so it's it's very exciting and I think I'm also put on it and at an advantage <laughs> because I am in the honors college um I do get first pick at like picking my classes and things like that so hopefully it's the same way uh same thing in terms of uh looking for jobs and stuff like that but um yeah I'm not too consumed in it it's just you know, I know that college uh, comes with a lot of free time. Um, yes. And if I don't manage it well, that, you know, things could go south. And yeah, I think that if I just continue doing what I'm doing and 
you know, approaching it the way I approached the whole COVID pandemic. Um, it's everything's going to be very different with COVID. You know, I'm also putting that into consideration. And so, um, yeah, of course, my studies comes first, but so does my physical health. So working out and so does my financial health and wealth. And yeah. <laughs> and, your mental health, and your mental health, girl, that mental health is probably more important, honestly, than financial health. I, I mean, I, it's hard for me to say that too, because I'm like, what? Oh my God, financial health is so important. But like no amount of money in the world is going to be able to fix you if you can't get your mind right. And I think that's so, so, so important, right? Like making sure that you, your spirit is good, that your mind is at peace and that you take moments for self-care because the reality is you can overwork yourself. You can take on too many shifts to make extra money and then be up late doing papers and then be hanging out late on Fridays with your friends and then barely get any sleep. And then you're stressed and you don't really talk to anybody about it because you don't want people to think that you're not successful. And then all of a sudden your mind's just going bonkers. Yep. So you definitely want to you know, prioritize those three. Your physical health is super important, mental health and your financial health, of course. I think like, yeah, all, all those three things matter, but college is really just a game about balance. Like I remember like having to balance so many things and I was not that good at it until like junior or senior year. That's when I finally got into my stride. Like, all right, now I'm like balancing my time management, my organization, you know, academic, my work, my hanging out with my friends, also making time for my boyfriend and my family. Like I was able to do that well junior and senior year, but freshman and sophomore year, I was a hot mess. And, you know, I think it was not balanced, well balanced out. It was way too much time doing stupid stuff and not enough time doing things that like actually matter. So you've had, you have seemed to have at least the thought process get started a little bit earlier than I was thinking about these things, like balancing it out so that you have, you know, just a well balanced and healthy um, daily life. So you're not like doing too much of one thing and not enough of the other. Definitely. And I think going to LaGuardia was really helpful, um, putting into consideration, okay, I have uh, an hour and a half commute home what am I going to do during that time? You yes. know, so I would take advantage, do my homework or listen to a podcast for class or listen to a song I had to pr practice and perform the next day, you know? So putting in that time management, putting together a little schedule, uh, you know, figuring out, okay, I have this amount of time. What am I going to do in that time? I have this amount of free time. What am I going to do in that free time? Do you want to hang out? Okay, cool. That You, you fit in this spot. Okay, what's next? So I think, you know, living in Staten Island and Carajo land and then going right. to school in Manhattan like I had to do that so I could do rehearsals make it um at home like I'm doing so in terms of time management and like figuring it all out in here I think that walking into college I'm really excited because I already have those skills in my belt which is That's why right. I'm thinking about working <laughs> right. That's you know so true that's so true. Yeah. And you just you using that to be your advantage. Like you're going to have such a leg up compared to some other kids that are going to get there. They're just going to go ham partying, going to go ham socializing because they probably didn't do enough of that in high school because they were parent parents were too strict and they're just going to be a mess trying to figure out how to be organized, trying to figure out how to have your priorities straight. But you're going to get there and already have those things in order. So, yeah, you're definitely going to have a leg up. Um, that's going to feel amazing for you. And um, yeah, I mean, I think at this point, like, it's really just about you figuring out what are the things that you're going to actually be passionate about doing with your spare time and try to do as much as that as you can. Because yeah, you could get a job at Starbucks, but you could probably also get a paid internship doing something that you're really passionate about. That's the thing about college is like, all you got to do is say you're a college student and somebody's hiring an intern. 
And like, it's going to be hard to find really well-paid internships, but Hey, if you can get paid and love what you're learning and what you're doing, like if you want to learn about photography, you can literally intern for a photographer and like learn everything about that person's work. Like, you know, this is the time to take advantage of being in college and like being able to study abroad at like a super cheap price. I, Listen, I'm 30. I'm grown. If I want to go to France, I'm not, it's not going to cost me a little bit of money. I have to pay for everything. But in college, there's so many programs that will allow you to get a super reduced price trip to go study. Like, you don't take full advantage of the perks of being a student because once you're out, you're going to wish you took more advantage of those things. Definitely. So yeah, but that's it. I'm really excited. I'm excited to, you know, reach out and figure all this stuff and have you under my belt as well. Or yeah, phone that's call right, away. Girl. That's right, girl. Or a phone call, girl. I'm going to pop up in your dorm room and be two, two seconds away outside knocking on the door like, nah, nah, open up, girl. Let's go party. Um, all right, girl. So the way I wrap up the show, I usually just do a money mantra. So like, obviously you have so much wisdom. You're wise beyond your years. I think for... Actually, before I wrap up, I do want to say, I think one of the things that I want to um, make sure you're good on next, because we already got your investing journey good and you're a saver already. The next thing um, is really thinking about like your credit building, because you have, uh, you're going to have some student loans, which is going to officially start your credit, but how to make sure that when you graduate, you're going to have an excellent credit score and you're not going to have, you know, any issues with those student loans. And one of the best tips that I gave your sister, Denise, which I, she does not like, she talks about it all the time. She did not forget that advice that I gave her. And she actually listened to it was freshman year, first day of school, log into your uh, student loan portal, federal loans, private loans, whatever you have, log into your portals. And if you don't know the username and password, you need to call up you need to find your statements or find the emails, call them and set up your online account. So you can log in freshman year on your username and password. So you can see what's your balance and how much interest is accruing, if any, on your loans. And every month, log in and just pay the interest. Don't feel stressed or pressured to start paying your loans like for real, for real, because the principal balance is what you really just want to be able to kind of keep the same if you can. So if the interest racks up, let's say it's 20 bucks, just send that $20. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a little bit, it doesn't hurt that much and it will prevent that loan from growing more later because then they're going to charge interest on top of the principal balance that you borrowed and the $20 of interest is going to earn more interest on interest, which is crazy, but it hurts when it works against you but it, it really is great when it's working for you. Like it is in your Roth IRA in the stock market. So um, definitely I would recommend doing that. And then of course, you know, we can talk about like when you feel comfortable, whether you think you should get a credit card or maybe even have one of us had you as an authorized user so you can kickstart your credit journey. Um, but yeah, I think for me, that's probably like the next step for you or like my next goal to make sure you're good with credit because that was where I made a lot of mistakes in college was using credit cards incorrectly and messing up my credit score. And I don't want that for you at all. We don't get on that. Yeah. All right, girl. <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and jump into the end here, which is the money mantra. This is literally just like, if you could take a dollar bill and replace what it says on there with your message and your mantra, what would it be? Start early. It's never too early to start because that's something I would say to one of my friends, you know, mm -hmm. they're probably going to hear this and think like, wow, she's crazy. I, could, I can't do that. Right? I'll do that when I'm 25. I'll do that when yeah. I'm 30. I'll do that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So I like that. All right. We got it. It's never too early to start. <laughs> That's your money mantra. I love it. Being 17 years old, a lot of people are going to like read the, what's it called? The little caption to be like 17. That's not true. Like what? Right. Right. What? 
that's yeah. how's that possible you know so you know even if you're 30 if you're 40 it doesn't matter you know it's just okay. it's never too late to start because people yeah. say it's never too late to start all the time but honestly you gotta get to the youngins and get them to start because that's how you get a leg up and an advantage like when you're my age you're gonna have so much more money than i have invested and that's gonna be amazing you know every generation we progress a little bit more than the previous generation that's what it's all about right and so that passing these generational nuggets of wisdom down like that's I feel like that's my responsibility for you and the others in you know our my nieces and nephews and my little brothers and the generation that's after me is like I got to make sure when I'm not here anymore you y'all are good and you did the right thing to now set up the next next generation you know the melodies and the Jonathan Jasons for so that they're going to be good when they're your age too all right, boo. So if people love your story and they want to hit you up and say, oh, my gosh, you're amazing. You're so inspirational. You are out here doing it. Where can they hit you up? Not to be creepy or anything, but just to say that they <laughs> like your episode and that you're inspiring and they, you know, want to wish you some positive words. Is it Instagram? Is it email? Instagram, right? Instagram. Yes. 100%. All right, cool. Your Instagram is it's Daniela Duran, right? Yes. I-T-S Daniela Duran. Awesome. All right. I'm going to yes. add that. If you all want to reach out to Nana, you can do that at uh, Instagram on Instagram at it's Daniela Duran. Uh, don't be creepy or anything. That's my niece, and I will fight you. <laughs> but <laughs> just let her know how awesome she is. And any words of encouragement, words of wisdom, you know, advice that you wish you got before you were going off to college, like any of that stuff, I, I it's always good for you to get that because yep. I know I didn't get it, and I wish I did. <laughs> yes, I'm. Yeah, this is uh, awesome. It's gonna open. Of, I'm going to send this to all my, my friends and they're going to be like, it's crazy, but I'm yes, going to start doing this too. That's right. <laughs> but, Inspire uh, them. That's right. Get up off your butt, get up off TikTok and get some money, honey. The worst part is TikTok has like these things now where it's like the uh, five things you need from Amazon now. <sighs> the, the part three part, like, yeah, yeah. So Girl, I'm going I'm to make one that says five things you need from Amazon right now. And I'm going to point to the screen. And it's going to be nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do one of those because y'all don't need nothing. You don't need nothing off Amazon. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> That's terrible. All right, Boo. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I loved having you. I'm so proud of you. I really am. I don't know if I say that enough. I feel like I don't, but I'm so, so, so proud of you. I love you so much. And I can't wait for everybody in the family to hear this and for all your friends, your little friends to hear this too. If your little friends are listening, y'all better get on your game, okay? Get on <laughs> Nana's level, honey. Step it up. Um, and just have an amazing summer, an amazing um, experience your freshman year. I mean, we're going to be keeping tabs on you, but just, you know, just, I wish you so much of the very best in everything that you do after today. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs>